Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, new podcast. That's right, new podcast. Brand new, brand spanker, never been done before. You might recognise the faces, or even the voices, but it's a new podcast. New subject, and the subject, you might have guessed from the title, it's all about the beer, baby. It's all about the beer. That's right, we're doing a new podcast, and it's a beer-based one. Craft beer, that is the name of the game. So, uh, so yeah, join us as we discuss craft beer. Uh, yeah, if you're watching us on YouTube, do subscribe. It's a big help to the channel. Um, so, you know, we know you like to help out. You can also subscribe on audio platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go. This is brand new podcast, The Cookie Cast, The Pursuit of Hoppiness. Looking promising. I'll record at the top of mine. Okay. Alright. Alright then. So normally I've, we've we've got to get the we've got to get the joke out. So you know, normally at this point in time I'd be like, Stuart, it's over to you. But uh, I'm gonna spice things up today. Matthew, it's over to you, sir. Alright, well, uh, good good evening and welcome to the cookie cast beer monthly beer podcast the pursuit of hoppiness uh with mr stuart woman t uh the paul williams and the head honcho guru um general kind of boss mr andy cook welcome gents welcome to cheers you. It were. cheers cheers good evening Right, so um, well, I'll kind of do a little introduction of what we're going to do. So it's going to be a monthly podcast talking about kind of different kind of craft beers, focusing on different breweries, um, and kind of having a general chat about about beer. And you know, there's not many other things apart from wrestling and football and American football and computer games uh, <laughs> that we would we hope that other people would want to talk about. So. Uh, Kind of, we'll we'll kind of crack on and uh, kind of go through kind of what we're going to do. So the first the first thing that we kind of thought we'd talk about, gents, is the best beer that you've drank this month. All right, so kind of I've kind of taken it like past four weeks, um, kind of thing. So, um, kind of anybody want to lead us off with their best beer that they've drank this month? I purposely have kept a can which I don't normally do normally straight in the recycling but I could not throw this particular can away which might give a couple of you on here a clue as to what it is um, in within the last four weeks um, my favourite beer it's not necessarily ready, readily available though anymore seeing as the, uh, the, the stash rules as were but was uh, housed in this particular vessel for the YouTube viewers which is a spray painted can hand spray painted by a Leeds-based graffiti artist called Inse, which 
for any fans of craft beer out there will lead you on to Northern Monk's patron series and a, a series of different beers that they did in conjunction with Inza, where he did all of the artwork for it. Um, that one in particular was a triple IPA, ringing in at a very high 10%. But for me, it didn't drink that way at all. Um, it was It was just a really, really smooth drink and... As much as it was a good beer, it was kind of like the novelty factor as well, because to get hold of that beer, um, there was six others in the series where you had to like keep the labels from, and it makes one big piece of artwork, and then you had to take a picture of it um, and send it to Northern Monk to, with you in it to show that you'd, you'd um, kind of accumulated that. So there was kind of a bit of a novelty factor, I guess, with that bit as well. Um it was weird. It, it was a beer that I've waited a very long time for because those beers came out in um, across 2019 and into um, late. It might have been late 2019 when they actually finished. Um, and their intention was to then obviously brew the the, the special one um, pretty soon after. And then obviously the whole world went to absolute crap. And it's it was it was like, is it going to happen? Not sure if it's going to happen. And then finally they managed to uh, to get it sorted. Um, presumably over the back end of summer last year, uh, before everything got shut down again, um, got stuff into the tanks and we finally got all of it. Um, the Again, for the, for the for the people on the YouTubes, there is um, a little card that we've got with, that, that's the full design that was sprayed with all of the cans. Um, so my can, somewhere around there, somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was my favourite beer mainly because it was a big, big hitter, bit of special speciality to do it, but it also tasted pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I'd second that. It's kind of, it's not within the month range, so I can't kind of put in because I'd kind of spoiled it and drank it before. But yeah, yeah it was a that top quality triple IPA. And we'll go to our guru of low alcohol uh, beers, Mister Andy Cook. Um, so, um, around uh, Christmas time and and and, and beyond, um, I'd stocked the fridge with uh, the the aforementioned low alcohol or, or alcohol free beers, um, and uh, thanks to Paul doing a, a lovely order from uh, Tiny Rebel, uh, they were doing a, a a really good selection of non alcoholic or low alcoholic beers um and some you know all all good all all good fun um but of the four non-alcoholic ones that came one of them stands out as not only the best that i've drunk recently it's it's absolutely one of the uh, one of the best full stop uh and it's this guy i don't know if i can uh ah yeah um, I've 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 been naughty and I haven't brought one up with me because um, I've only I've only got one left and I can't bear to part with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the Tiny Rebel Space Cake, which I mean, let's face it, name alone, uh, it is non-alcoholic. It's a non-alcoholic oat milk mocha stout. Now then. Uh, 
as 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 these gentlemen here will attest to. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The non-alcoholic stout is uh, more often than not quite quite rough going. Um, I think I think we I think we're all aware that the stout doesn't quite lend itself to a non-alcoholic nature, um, and I've I've had some nice ones, but more often than not, if I'm like, oh, well, I'm not sure about that, it's often a stout. Um, but like I said, that is just it's it's just these different layers of yumminess. It is absolutely delightful. Um, all all four of the of the non-alcoholic uh, that Tiny Rebel did or are still doing, I think. Um, were fantastic. Uh, currently, tucking into uh, tucking into this guy, um, the, uh, the the tropical IPA, delightful. Um, but yeah, that 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 space cake is is just it's the good stuff. So uh, and uh, yeah, I have had it in the last in the last month, which is why which is why I've only got one left in the fridge. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that's clever because I think that I think that was the always the kind of like um, kind of criticism of like a low alcohol beer or something like that that it was just kind of what's the point you know and like in the past my father-in-law had said to me oh you know try this low alcohol and I'm like thanks it's, I'm alright I'll just have a can of coke it's kind of or a cup of tea you know that type of thing. So yeah, it's good that they've kind of managed to get that. And like you said, I think a stout is particularly difficult to brew without the alcohol. Without the alcohol, because mm -hmm. that's kind of part of the thing. But to get that taste is excellent. Mm -hmm. Right, Mr. Mr. Williams. Um, so there was a couple I had on my list for this, but I have uh, I have just uh, dug around in the uh, in the fridge actually. I found one that I'd already had this month, but. Um, I think you and Stu will both be able to uh, appreciate it. Is uh, I've um, dove back in on a an old favourite from North Brewing, which if you can't see the name thing is the Full Fathom Five. Yeah, yeah. Coffee, coconut water. That, um, that almost appeared um, in my own podcast. I have one of them in the fridge downstairs. Yeah, so. Strange thing about that particular beer is that I believe that when it was brewed the first time, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, and I don't know if it's just because at the time I'd not drunk a lot of porters or um, the, the, the particular one that I had that day just, I don't know, wasn't like the freshest out of the, out of the keg or whatever. But um, the one I had earlier this month was, was incredible. Like the balance on the coconut and the and the coffee and, and stuff like that was just was just really really good, um, so good, so, so good in fact that I actually shared it with a, uh, a professional non beer drinker. So and she enjoyed it. So, so you had to buy another one to make up for the uh, lot. Exactly. I didn't get a full cans worth, did so did I? So I had to uh, dive back into the supply <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sort myself out with a full can. It's when you end up sharing that one as well. That's the. Uh... <laughs> I'll probably end up sharing that one. But I mean, in, in, in case in point, obviously the, uh, the the current beer that I'm uh, 
suffering at the moment is the uh, is a tiny rebel offering as well, uh, as, well as, as, uh, as some of you may be aware. But it's uh, the Tropical Fruit and Bubblegum Wheat Double IPA. Um, just before we started recording, uh, took it into the room to uh, let the non-beer drinker have a little taste. And uh, she, she said it was one of the best beers she's ever tasted. So. Oh, magnificent. There you go. Ringing endorsement. Bubblegum. Um, right, well, my, my, beer, my beer of the month is, uh, <laughs> again, it's not going to be a surprise for Police Stuart Paul. Is is a wild and beer, um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, um, and it's uh, it, I mean, it's definitely not available because I drank it right on the uh, kind of edge of the uh, best before date because I had two, I drank one right at the time, saved one right at the thing. It's called it was called I'm Not Mary, which was a Imperial IPA, uh, which came in at ten point six percent. The can's gone because people in this house are far too quick at tidying things. Well that was the kind of the the kind of label. Um and it was just it was that kind of and it's the kind of thing that I like about IPAs and particularly Wylam IPAs is it's got that kind of thick, kind of juicy flavour to it, but with that kind of like slight burn of the hops at the end of it, which just kinda of keeps you kinda of, kinda of on your toes a little bit and kind of but it was just it's one of them beers where you just kind of get to the end of the end of the glass, and I was like, oh, "That's gone down way too quick." And there's every chance that I'm going to stand up in a minute. And even though I've only had like two beers, it's going to be a difficult stand up. <laughs> yeah, difficult, difficult, difficult getting up in a different kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> the people might say. So uh, I, it, it's just it was just one of those like really a really drinkable IPA, and I think that's kind of. You know, as, as we kind of start to look through kind of different breweries and stuff like that, I think that's the biggest change that you know that some IPAs are just really kind of just not back. And you know, we kind of think, oh man, I can't believe I've not got another one of those in the in the fridge kind of thing. And I mean, maybe I do, but we could discuss the fridge later on. Um, right. And any other kind of like little mentions of any beers, like just kind of ones that perhaps just missed out. <laughs> Mentioned the um, the that kind of the the bulgum wheat one, or are we all set to kind of move on to the kind of main event? I I have got I've got one that I want to discuss, but I don't know where to slot it in, uh, and it's a re it's a really weird thing to to talk about. So if there's a if there's a here's a point in time to talk about weird beers section <laughs> then uh that, that then we, we can go with I, I was i was i was gonna have a, any other any any other business or um... <laughs> right well I'll, I'll save it for any other business but yeah i've got a, i've got a super super weird one like like, like weird, real weird, real weird. weird. weirder the better that's great really all right weird. so what what we're going to do each month is we're going to kind of have our kind of brewery of the month. Um, and we've got, what we're going to do is kind of a bit more of a deep dive on a, on a specific brewery that either we visited or we particularly enjoy. Um, and kind of the ir- irony is, um, as kind of, uh, as, as we've kind of gone round our beers of the month is that from, uh, Andy's beer 
and kind of one that Paul showed you showed you there. Um, our beer of the month, uh, our brewery of the month is uh, Tiny Rebel Brewery from uh, Newport in Wales. Um, now that, that the brew kind of kind of doing a little bit of reading on the on the uh, on 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 Tiny Rebel, then they started kind of nine years ago. So that's kind of the main reason for our focus because it is their ninth coming up to their ninth birthday. They've released recently released their uh, ninth birthday beers, um, and so we just thought we'd celebrate the kind of ta- the, the the kind of craft beer behemoth that is uh, is Tiny Rebel. Um, so like, yeah, as like I said, they started in in uh, twenty twelve. It's a kind of uh, brother in laws. Um, they started it in uh, in uh, one of their father's um, garage, and I've kind of just built from there. Um, I think it was two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. They moved into their new um, new brewery, two point two point five, two point six million investment in their in 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 the brewery. And you know, if you get the opportunity to visit, it's well worth the visit. It's quite a spectacular looking um, kind of build. Kind of, it's it's you know, out on the outside looks fantastic with the uh, with the kind of uh, the canisters outside, which is all all kind of um, labelled up with different beers. And then you go inside, and it's a tap room with a massive kind of glass windows that let you kind of watch the brewing process. Um, me and Stu had the kind of pleasure of going last August um, for an afternoon, and it's just a it's a really kind of spectacular brewery to kind of look at. Mm. Um, yeah, they've um, they've also kind of they, they kind of I think they kind of followed the model, kind of not quite the brew dog model, but they're kind of on that kind of way of like you know they've got a tap room in Cardiff, a tap room in Newport as well that kind of serves the beer, serves food, and that kind of thing, and it's just there. Kind of, you know, they they kind of seem to do things kind of in a well calculated way in a kind of in a in a, in a kind of uh, yeah interesting way. I think I think that's the most interesting the, the thing that we've that I would say was the most interesting thing about them. Um, a lot of their beers have won British Beer Awards, um, which the Red Ale uh, was like the best beer in Britain. I think in two thousand sixteen. Um, and you know they kind of had the one year I think they had gold, silver, and bronze in Wales. Um, I think it's that kind of the the kind of one of the breweries that kind of step on the toes of the camera kind of uh, dictatorship that's gone on for so many years beforehand. Um, a bit of a strange one that for me with the the coach that Red Ale um, because it's not one. I, I, instantly, if I was going to go for a beer. I wouldn't pick a red ale as such because it's quite it's quite a, a different taste that it's it's got that kind of like maltiness away from like your standard IPA and it it's almost like their version of like a bitter I suppose to me yeah um, but yeah I, I remember the first time I had that um, was in um, Channel of Madness in the upstairs bar I think because I've been looking for it for a while and it was when I was out with you guys and. I remember it being towards the end, like towards the end of the night, and not necessarily having. I, I wouldn't be able to give you the full flavour breakdown right now, as that's what I'm saying from that particular beverage. I don't remember being blown away by it, and then I've had it since, and it is, it's definitely like one that's kind of like grown on me over time, and it like it's nice that it's something that's 
so different to the other beers that they do, and they've, they've like banged it into the core range. So I think that, I think that is decent. Yeah, yeah, it's one it's one of those kind of really easy drinkable kind of beers. If you're trying to introduce someone into drinking kind of um, big craft craft ale or real ale, it would probably be a kind of good way to start because it's in that it's not crazy hoppy, but it's not. Kind of no lack of completely lacking in flavour. Um, you kind of you mentioned there the core the core range. So I, I went I went out to look at the core range kind of thing, and it, it, I didn't want to do them a disservice because I think when you go on their website, there's there's just loads of beers that are just available all year round. So to call it a core range, I think kind of. You know, I went in there kind of going, oh, well, I think it must be kind of quick um, club uh, Tropicon, Tropica, Tropica, because you can't say the NA anymore. Um, Looks like these live drinks are free, surely. <laughs> uh, Dutty, the um, sorry, club Tropica, the, the kind of tropical IPA, the uh, Dutty, the Vermont style um, uh, IPA this um cali pale and then you just kind of keep on going i was like right cali pale well, yeah that one's it then i forgot about foobar the uh, the raspberry sour that's been produced all the time then you're like looking at my um he's, he's gone so uh, <laughs> i was going to say his favorite one um but like five dollar shakes still on the on the website and i thought that was a a, a kind of thing so there's i think they seem to have moved away from having a core range as it were and just have right these are beers that we're going to produce all year round you can access them all year round and i quite i quite like that kind of element of it because it's nothing worse than kind of thing i really like that beer i've got to wait till kind of november for them to do it again or oh, i really like that beer i think i've got to wait till you know march for them to do it again a part of that, though, as well, has come from the growth because obviously they they are in that position where they're they're in a, you know every supermarket pretty much or, every, or they they are in a supermarket in every town across the country now. With um, I think Sainsbury's is their the probably their main distributor. Um, so I, I guess they kind of have to then at least have them that you you can get all year round and. Obviously, you've already mentioned Club, Club Tropica. If if you want in like one of the tropical IPAs, for that to be available all year round, and for the fact it is absolutely dirt cheap, really in comparison, like why wouldn't you like that? It's the Club Club Tropica. It said seen on their site was it, the UK's number one. I mean, sorry, NFL fans, you're going to love this very specific <laughs> stat. Uh, but it's the, the UK's number one tropical IPA. Odd days that end in Y when the wind blows in a westerly fashion, um, but like the fact that they've they've gone to such trouble to get that out on their site as a stat, I think kind of almost to me that that would switch me off. Please don't let it. That is a, such a nice nice beer, and it, it's it's middle of the range at five and a half percent. Oh, I would class as middle of the range. I know everybody's uh, different on the on the old scales there, but it's. It, it's just it's just such a nice aftertaste to it. Like you you don't get that kind of like bitterness at the back end of it either. It is it, it does it you know it says tropical IPA on the tin, 
That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so that kind of just as you kind of went off there, Paul, we're kind of um, talking about like they, they don't seem to have a core range. They just seem to have loads of beers. Um, so I thought we'd like give yeah. I'd give you a brief second to talk about Pump Up The Jam. It's, um, it, 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 it's certainly my... I've not yet found a beer that's better than it from from a taste perspective. Um, the, the best thing that I've seen with it as well is it's one of the, it's, it's one of the few beers that's, that's good both through the cask hand pull and off the keg taps. So it's good when kept like, super chill and it's just nice when it's taken straight from the cask. So, but it's just a really, <laughs> it's one of those ones where if you were to just basically eat the item that it's supposed to be portraying, you wouldn't be dissatisfied with what you were getting given, sort of thing. It's the, it's the, closest, it's the closest I've ever had to a beer being the actual item it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. For me, anyway. Um, I think, that, I think that was the big thing when I first had it because I'd like had a couple of other beers that were on this donut flavoured IPA or donut jam or you know this kind of it was one of those early ones where it was like oh, just chuck shit in the brew and see if it works kind of thing and invariably you'd buy it and be like it just tastes like beer thanks there's no like aftertaste or no during taste of that kind of thing and I was like when we when we all first got that pump up the jam, I was like, "Oh man, it's just going to be another terrible donut jam IPA that's not going to taste of any of the things that it says on there apart from an IPA." And I was like, "Oh no, okay, no, there's definitely a jam flavour to it. There's definitely that kind of baked kind of goods to it flavour to it, and then there is also the IPA taste to it, which is which is really kind of really kind of nice." Um, the other kind of thing that I, that I definitely kind of mentioned that I was ummed and awed about it, but kind of OG, normal style, stay puffed. And I'm glad that's kind of become kind of the core range that they kind of do that over and over again. You know, we'll, we'll go on to talk about the fact that they do weird stuff with the stay puffed. And, you know, that's kind of one of the experimental beers that they produce uh, with putting different things in. Um, but, proper you know og kind of um stay puffed you know even amplified stay puffed as well which is lovely it's just an absolutely fantastic beer and it's that kind of similar kind of thing of right it says mar- mar- marshmallow sta- uh, marshmallow porter yeah fine yeah i 100 agree with that thank you very much i'll drink that kind of if someone said to me right you've got to drink a stout or a porter for the rest of your life yeah give me give me a crate of them and that that that'll be that'll be that. I'll drink that. Um, I think the the other kind of reason why I thought Tiny Rebel was a good one to talk about is that they seem to be the first kind of brewery that have really embraced the uh, the kind of low alcohol. And again, I think it's that attention to detail. And you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you Andy talk up, talk about. Obviously, you've spoken about this uh, space cakes start one but obviously you've said it you've tried a few of them now and they they, they, they kind of got a nice flavor to them yeah so um, i was i was particularly pleased um while simultaneously being a little bit disappointed which was weird i was pleased we were doing tiny rebel because um tiny rebel 
uh, a firm favourite for a multitude of reasons um, at the moment. Mostly because, um, as 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 Paul will be able to tell you, when when you go to the various different breweries to get the various different, oh, you know, can I get a non-alcoholic beer from this person or the these people? The, you know, often it's no, or, or or sometimes it's yes, but it's this one. And as, as I was saying before, you know, if you end up with a stout, you know, that brewery makes a stout, there's a high chance it's not going to be amazing. So you, you, you're confined to this, oh, they do do a beer, is it any good sort of thing. Tiny Rebel, like you say, have absolutely embraced it at, at this point in time. They seem to uh, to still be embracing it. Um, there has been sort of little little changes to their range on the website, but it does still, still seem to be readily available. Just you have to maybe order it in a different way. Um, again, like you were saying, uh, with with Sainsbury's selling Tiny Rebel, um, they do sell uh, a box of the uh, the non-alcoholic Tiny Rebels, um, and I'm just. I'm all about companies that go go the extra distance. I'm I'm aware from a a non-alcoholic perspective that it's more expensive, it's harder, it's more difficult to actually achieve. There's a there are extra steps and extra parts to the process, and that's why a lot of places don't bother. Um, so for for a company, a brewery, to not only go yeah we're going to do it, but yeah we're going to do it to x scale i'm immediately like yeah you, you can be my best friends um then the fact that you know there are there are these four beers and they are i you know i i was i was very much in in your court it's like yeah i could drink a non-alcoholic beer or i could have a a lovely glass of water or or maybe you know push the bar out and have you know, an orange juice, because essentially, you know, it was very much the same, the same sort of thing. It's like, why? I could just drink something else, you know, going out, you know, I'd, I'd go out with a big group of, uh, of beer drinkers. It's like, well, I'll have some lemonade or something. Um, but, but this difference with certainly these beers being the fact that they taste so good, and and they're all different. They all taste different, and they all taste really nice. It's just, it's just nice touch on top of nice touch on top of nice touch. So I'm uh, I'm I'm big on the tiny rebel at the moment. I think I think that's the thing. I think we'll come to it again and again. It sounds like a bit of a arse kissing kind of um, exercise, but it is the attention to detail to get it right. And you know we've all kind of talked about the beers, and it tastes you know. Tropical IPA tastes like a tropical IPA. Donut IPA tastes like a donut and jam IPA. Marshmallow stout tastes like a marshmallow stout. You know, it'd be interesting to try the non-alcoholic Club Tropica against the Club Tropica, which is alcoholic, and see, is there any, you know, can you tell the difference? And, I, I, and I'd be pretty kind of convinced that I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Um, because you know, it, 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 you know that they will have paid that attention to detail in the 
in the in the beer process because what's the point in putting your name and putting the name as of one of your kind of core or special beers you know the beers that you brew constantly and that you're known for to, for them to be a poor version of that I think the one to me the one thing that they do like well above above all else is that if you want a beer that is just beer they've got it they've got like you said like your five dollar shake they've they've got like your, your cabby pale for your pale ale and all the rest of it if you want one that might taste of lemons particularly or you want something that's got a bit more peaches to it or if you want a rhubarb and custard like you, you could literally go there with any range of friends that have all kinds of different tastes and you would find something alcoholic or not that they they would get on board with um and like you say because they do it all the way through the year as well it's not just a oh we can only go there in january when they do the 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 you know the non-alcoholic stuff because they seem to be doing it like constantly now so i think whilst the the range and the variation is definitely their strong point I think sometimes they do need to just do a few more just beers personally for me um yeah like i mean this this is from the guy who's currently sat drinking a tiny, a tiny rebel beer called fruit machine dream which is a triple fruited pastry tart sour so you know doesn't exactly taste like your standard beer oh <laughs> um, you, you pastry tart you yeah i've been called worse so um but again again very nice like it is it, it is exactly what it says on the can so I cannot, I cannot grumble at that. It's just they've got the tropical IPA down to a to an art. I'd I, like I'd be interested to see like just just for them to do just what they would class as a standard IPA without the bells and whistles, just to do a sort like a solid beer. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got the yeah, like you say, you've got the Cali IPA, and you've got the the Vermont IPA. That's you know, and there's, they've got like little subtle kind of things. But yeah, it'd be nice to see them. Just brew a normal. Like, it sounds daft saying brew a normal beer or brew a standard IPA with no kind of like you said, no tricks, no gadgets, no kind of like. The thing I mean, they smash it out of the park, and this is the thing you kind of like. You just know that it would be a well done kind of version of it, but it's this kind of their their mission. Like the bigger they've got, seems to 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 be to to venture more towards the like the weird and wonderful. And like even on like the can I've, I've got in front of me. On the back of the can it says we have one rule never just make vanilla ice cream so the chances of them doing a, a standard <laughs> uh, probably slim to none and the one that i would probably judge that on the most was that screw face beer that we had when we were actually in newport yeah over, over yeah. the summer um that i mean damn was, was it was a damn fine bit like such a nice beer if you don't like sour things Never touch it. Never ever touch it. It was it was probably as lemony as eating an actual lemon. Like <laughs> it was just un- unreal for the level of sourness. But I knew what I was getting into when we ordered it. So so much so that we ended up having uh, multiple multiple of the uh, the same variety, didn't we? So yeah, yeah. So the, uh, this was going to be the next thing I was going to kind of talk about was like you. Know, I, I kind of mentioned like obviously the core range. And then obviously either seasonal or kind of one-off kind of things. And kind of Tiny Rebels seem to save that for their kind of birthday boxes. Um, 
that obviously come out once a year, you know, they're not the Queen. Um, and uh, so the birthday boxes, so they've brought out this year's, the ninth birthday box, uh, the ninth um, uh, birthday box. Um, and, I mean, I've not sampled it just yet. Um, but obviously the eighth birthday was a kind of interesting one where you could mix the beers to make different flavours. Um, and then the year before that was, uh, but they're all collab kind of ones. Um, yeah, I've mentioned like this, the screw face from, was that from, from the eighth birthday? What was it? Was screw yeah. face eighth birthday or seventh birthday? Here we have. Yeah, it was eighth. It was last, it was last, last year's, yeah. Because I was trying to think when you talked about it, because I, I had the, the, the box set of the seven um, that I'd uh, purchased from um, Atom. Um, like my local craft brewers, they got them in, and it, it wasn't just like, here you go, here, here's like seven beers in a box, eight beers in a box, whatever it was at the time. It was like this thing where like you pulled the tab on it, and the box just kind of unfolded, and like each beer had its like separate compartment, and then there was like a nice glass with it. It's not the glass that I have now, but it's like one of the um, sort of the tumble style. Um, but it had like when the box opened up, it had like the art. You know, the, the one thing about Tiny Rebel that we've not mentioned yet is that the very distinct artwork on all of the cans, um, and the you know they've got the logo of like the, the like the bear with a bit, little bit rough around the edges, but kind of like trendy at the same time. Um, that's kind of like it seems to be like their entire mantra it seems to be a bit rough around the edges but they're you know, the, the bang on with, with, with where they go but this, this box opened up and it was completely full of the artwork but none of it was in colour and tucked away inside the glass was a set of colouring crayons so like you could colour in the box and stuff as well so it wasn't just the idea of here's our birthday let's sell as much beer as we can here's your beer it was, it was like kind of like like the activity pack and like, like joining in with with like the, the whole kind of like the birthday stuff and there's like a little bit with like where's Wally of like where's the bear on the box and like things like that. So the, 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 it's like Andy was saying about the extra touches and going that little bit further. It it makes it it's, it's more it is the experience rather than just is beer. Yeah, here's some special beers that we brewed for uh, our birthday and you can you know, and and I think. What makes it? What does make it special? Even if even if they did just release the beers, it would be kind of cool. It would be cool anyway because they only do collabs for the birthday. And I think that's quite kind of brings it back to that kind of quite cool kind of nature of it. Yeah. Um, right. Kind of. <laughs> let's discuss the uh, continual kind of re rebrewing and putting different stuff in Stapleford. <laughs> um, there has been some absolute delight and some absolute monstrosities amongst this. Yeah, um, I mean the one that, <laughs> the one that I would always bring to mind, um, which when I when I first I, it was we got that box set and it had four different flavors in, and it was the one that was the um, was it Canadian maple and bacon. Yes, I was like, oh man, I, I can see, I can see where the maple would come in because it's, just, it, you know, it's, it's a porter, or whatever. It's, it, it's going to be nice. Just bring that sort of sweetness to it. But then the, the fact that they mentioned bacon, I was like, oh my god, this, this is either going to be like, 
there we go. It's it was it was classed as waffle and candied bacon, I believe. Um, but yeah, it was going to be the best thing or the worst thing, and it was actually very nicely surprising. Yeah. Very much enjoyed that, and absolutely did not expect to. So yeah, I, that was kind of the most surprising, but in a good way version that they've done for me. Yeah, I think it's it, it, it kind of gets a bit weird at times, <laughs> and it kind of pushes the boundaries. I mean, the, the the one thing like you, know, I think the thing that will be consistent with it is is that it definitely tastes what they say it's going to taste like. So you kind of go in with your eyes open. Um, I've been having the raspberry ripple one uh, and the chocolate mint one. The raspberry ripple one, I, you know, I probably could do with a little bit more raspberry to it. Um, the chocolate mint one is is kind of probably fine for my kind of palate. I don't want it tasting like they've just whacked a load of ch- uh, toothpaste in there. It's already got the chocolatey taste from the stout. Um, you've seen what happens as well if they put actual mints into slightly fizzy uh, liquids so they probably stay away from that <laughs> right and so right so last the kind of last thing to talk about with Tiny Rebel and kind of we talked about you know kind of when we discussed this before um, if you haven't got one from Tiny Rebel uh, it's okay but uh, a rebrew what if, if you could pick any kind of Tiny Rebel beer that they've brewed or like I said, or any kind of other thing, would you? What would you like them to to rebrew um, in the future? Hmm. Well, there. so I have actually, I have actually got one. I uh, I dove back through my uh, my check ins on Untapped um, and found that there was a, a collab that Tanner Rebel had done with Neon Raptor. Um, a couple of years ago, for a tropical sorbet IPA, which at the time I gave four and a half stars to, so it must have been fairly decent. On my piece of paper, right there. <laughs> Not count that. You don't have to like show them the answer to make sure. When I saw that, I was like, "Yep, get in." Um, okay, Andy, you. Uh, for me, I, I think, obviously, I've, I've spent quite some time talking about the fact that I feel very spoilt by Tiny Rebel and the fact that they don't just do one or a couple. They're, you know, as far as I'm aware, we're up to, you know, these, these four non-alcoholic ones. But um, for me, it'd be um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how, how the non-alcoholic stuff does for them and whether they would then consider looking at, like, you know, how you're saying, like, they've got, not necessarily a core range, but a huge range. It's yeah. things like the 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 Stay Puff Marshmallow, like that. Even as a as a non drinker, I'm aware of its existence. It's it's absolutely everywhere. You know, you 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 step out the front door and you fall over a can of it, sort of thing. I would personally like to see if they'd maybe take something like that and go, well, let's do a even if it was like a limited run or a test run or just give it a whirl to see. Like some of their more common, uh, sort of better known ones, whether they'd give it a, a non-alcoholic run and and see see what that does. Obviously, you know that's a, a very selfish thing from my perspective. But um, well, no, I think 
I think that's right though. Like you know, when we've kind of gone over there, I think trying to get the non-alcoholic. I mean, if, obviously, if it's a, if they're able to do it, and a comp, you know, a brewery their size can do it, then it must be able to do. I, I went and found you another one just in case you didn't have one for the. I think it was for the seventh birthday one, possibly. There was a Tiny Rebel did one a collab with Big Drop Brewery, which yeah. is a zero point five percent. Not so imperial mocha vanilla st- um, vanilla shot stout. I thought that one sounded right up your street there. Because um, the 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 big drop, they are another one that I uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy their work. They uh, they have a they're another one that have a good run of uh, of non-alcoholic range, and uh, they are also delightful. There you go. Then. Mr. Woodman, see. Mine. Go on, Paul. Well, I was just going to say, with the the non-alcoholic stuff from Tiny Rebel, it'd be interesting to know how they actually brew it. Because I think there's two different ways that you can do it. You can either brew it so that it never has alcohol in it, or you can just brew it like a normal beer and then actually remove the alcohol to make it alcohol-free or reduced alcohol or whatever you're actually selling the beer as. So I'd imagine that Tiny Rebel will probably do it the second way. In which they brew a normal batch and then just remove the alcohol from it. It's funny because they started producing gin as well, so I wonder if that's part of the process. Um, so the gin's coming from that, and then whatever's left over becomes the non-alcoholic kind of... I like that one. The artwork's fantastic. Um, a, little, a little aside from the, the artwork, um, the... The artist who designed it is um, a lady from Canada, um, and she's also had her artwork featured in um, Marvel stuff. So she's had some stuff featured in like Jessica Jones. So tiny, tiny rebel, small, small claim to, to fame. Other than the brewing, is that they are intrinsically linked to the Marvel universe by way of artwork. Stu, you're mine would be if you if. If you've had any of their beers, you have to cast your mind back to about two and a half years now. Um, for for me, what was um, a very enjoyable evening up in the up in the land of Newcastle, and it was when we managed to sample one of theirs at the um, craft beer calling the first time we went, and it was aptly named for the end of an evening beer. But did you die? Um, it was. <laughs> it, but did it, you it, die? Exactly, exactly. So it it sounds like it's going to be like a like a game over kind of a beer. Um, absolutely wasn't. Like it it's six percent, so it is it is up there. Um, not you know not not like top of the shop or anything, but it ticked all of the boxes that I like. I love a thick hazy beer that's not that you have to necessarily chew, but it's got a good good bit of mouthfeel to it um and this this was was up there um it again so, something that i picked out from as paul did from the old untapped check-ins um got a four out of five on the on the night um but yeah it's good bit of stone fruit to it good bit of dankness to it and i don't think i've ever seen them do it since um so i'd, I'd be interested to to see him revisit that one well, like the the two, I I, I wrote three down. Um, Paul got the uh, got the the tiny rebel and the neon rat with 
uh, neon wrapped um, collab for the tropical sherbet stout. That was great. Um, we mentioned Screwface. Just, just to have that again would just be, just you know, only even just a third, just to kind of have that kind of thing. Um, but again, I pulled it up on um, on 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 Untapped, um, and it's the cherry bomb, uh, the cherry sour that I had in in Hull, kind of last not last November, the November before. And it kind of, it's got that, it had that sour finish, but it tastes, and I've always had a kind of joke about, I like, when when I taste a beer, quite like it when it tastes like a sweet, or like something, or something that I enjoy, kind of like, that kind of thing, I like, I like sweets, and if my beer tastes like a sweet as well, I quite enjoy that as well, and these taste like the hard cherry, kind of, hard cherry sweets, um, that you can, and it was just, it was just so drinkable, and so, like, so, but had that, like, nice kind of sour, kind of finish to it that kind of kind of kept you on your toes but also kind of had that lovely kind of cherry sweet cherry kind of finish to it so if they produce that one again that'll be much appreciated um right then so that kind of that brings kind of brings brings kind of tiny rebel the kind of our kind of discussion about tiny rebel to a close um right so uh, <laughs> right so what we've got is as a kind of little kind of competition um I, what is legendary is uh, my stash of beers in the fridge in the garage um it's kept in date order sometimes i'm well ahead of the dates sometimes i am perilously close to them being out of date um but you know i always work very hard to make sure i get back on track um so what i've done is um kind of Thing, kind of bit of a count game of Bruce's price is right, but Matt's ABV is right. Um, I will give you, um, well, I'll start you off. We'll start with, um, I'll give you the name of the brewery, the name of the beer, and what kind of beer it is to start with. And then if we're finding it too easy, I'll start reducing the amount of information down. All right, so the first beer in my fridge. Oh, well, the first next beer up in my fridge is by a brewery called Lost and Grounded, which is a Bristol-based uh, brewery, and it's called TV Party, and it is a goes. So, any guesses to the ABV? I'm that. I'll go straight in at four point two. Four point two. So you had it on higher. So I had a guess that maybe like a five point. I was going to say five point five, personally. Okay. I was going to go real high. I was just going to. I was just going six straight out of the gate. Six. So it is. What did you say, Paul? Five point five. Right. Yes, sir. Mister Woodmansey gets it. It's a four point eight. All right. Okay, next one. So the next one in my uh, in in the fridge is Siren. So that's based in Reading, I think. We kind of discussed a while back when we were kind of planning a visit. We did. We did discuss it. We it's quite, quite, quite a lot of uh, very different reasons. Reading, Reading <laughs> by a Molten. Um, it's <laughs> Siren Brewery, um, White Tips, White Session IPA. 
Is that higher or lower than the 4.8? I'm going higher. Okay. Yeah, higher. My feet cut out just after you said white tips, so I didn't really actually hear what the rest of it was that you said. <laughs> well, spoke about white tips and then uh, sat there waiting for a bit. A, a white <laughs> session. Yeah. <laughs> and our base, and our starting, our standard was 4.8. Yeah. Higher. You're all wrong. What's 4.5? Oh, you are. We've been done. We've been done by the date ordering system. <laughs> right, next one. <laughs> Anspach and Hobday. Genuinely do not know where this beer has come from. You, you know, when you look in the... In, uh, gen, no, gen, I'll show you the cans. I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture of the cans and we can put them. I'll put them up on the. Uh, I'll send them through to be put up on the, uh, the twitters and the uh, instagrams and all that kind of thing. So this is Asch and Hobday, a brewery in London. This is called the Sour Dry Hop. It was a very kind of. Uh, the 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 can was very kind of. Uh, it, I mean, it would have been up uh, Paul uh, James's Street. Paul. It was uh, very kind of uh, Victorian kind of people on bikes and all that kind of thing. It was uh, yeah, so a sour dry. Oh, high, highly pretentious. Uh, it's it's got to be. It's got to be higher. It's got to be higher. See, yeah, I, I'd say instantly as soon as you start dry up, and that drives it up for me. So higher. Also, at this point in time, can can it get much lower? So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're getting into my territory here. Also, there's a rogue. There's a couple of rogue low. There's a couple of low, really low ABVs in in my fridge somewhere, ready to jump out. Hope I don't ruin it, like Matt. But you haven't got any atoms stuck in there, have you? Uh, on the list, maybe me. Oh no, not now, no. No, 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 no. Right, I was going to say because obviously I've, I've got I've got this chilling out. Excellent. Is <laughs> that another Radler? Is that? That's no, no, no. <laughs> Is that like the Nanobot or whatever it's called? Ah. Right. So are we all going higher with that one then? Yeah. Please. Yes. You're all right. Four point nine. So not massively. Wow. So not much right. higher then. I felt really stingy as I was going through these, but these generally are the next five in my in the in the fridge. <laughs> and I'm like 4.8, Right. So fourth one. So this is Basqueland. So as you perhaps guessed, uh, you know, again, nice and close to Moulton um, in Barcelona. Um, another another brewery you should visit because it seems pretty close. Yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah. This one's called Squishy. Uh, and it's a blueberry sour. So your last one was four point nine. I don't know if I've tried this one. Oh, go ahead, lower. Lower. <sighs> I'll go slightly higher. 
I want to I want to say the same, but I think for I think I'm going to say lower. Mister Mister Williams gets it on a technicality, but it's a six point six, so I'm kind of like wow. Off point. Jesus. Right, last one. Back to Reading via Moulton. Um A tribe called Zest. This is one purely bought on the name of the beer, um, as sometimes these things go. It's a papaya and lime goes. So, siren. So just double fruit, not triple fruit. A tribe called Zest, papaya and lime goes. The last one was 6.6. Is it this one higher or lower? Lower. Yeah, yeah, lower. Lower. Yeah, it's a four point two. Oh, that's that one's there. Four point two. Um, I think yeah. So there you go. The first venture through. I love it. I mean, let, let's be honest. We we can we can tally up the points, but the real winner is the fact that it's you because you have all of those beers in your fridge. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get more challenging though, because I was looking through and they're like, "There's a load of brew York beers." I mean, we could have a Brew York special um, <laughs> kind of thing, uh, but then you guys could probably remember some of them. Well, not um, you know, we, we can we can we wait until we got them, some of them after I get my next monthly box from them. <laughs> I mean, you know what the stash is like, though. It's not going to be in the monthly. It's not going to be in the monthly box. <laughs> it, maybe would, it maybe would have been like five months ago. Is the... Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, as as we come to come to a close, um, I thought the last kind of thing we could could do is, is any other beerness. Um, generally, have you got anything else you'd like to talk about? Or any beers that you're looking forward to. And, I, um, I have Cooper's a burning chomping at the bit. Absolutely. <laughs> and I I want to I want to start by referring everybody back to everything that I said about Rebel. Everything I said about Tiny Rebel, I want I want that well and truly in people's minds before I start saying what I'm about to say. I love them as a company, I love them as a brewery, and I love their beers. They all taste amazing. The rhubarb and custard, non-alcoholic. It's great. It tastes amazing. It looks it, it it looks interesting when you pour it. It's like I mean, uh, you know, you're a bit like, what color is that supposed to be? Sort of thing. It tastes beautiful. I would like someone to explain to me though why if in this room. I took into, let's say, uh, you know, nine o'clock on an evening, I took into a, a lovely rhubarb and custard, non-alcoholic. Why is it that 12 hours later, I'll be, I'd be sitting in the same room going, can anybody smell rhubarb and custard? <laughs> It's the, it's, the, it's the only beer I've ever experienced it with. I'm, I'm, I still, at this point in time, having drunk quite a few of them, cannot explain it at all. But it's like the smell lingers for a while. 
It's bizarre because it. they're just overloading it with the, with flavour and stench. Because it's often at times because you know non-alcoholic, I could I could drink it for breakfast if I wanted to. You know, I could drink it during a working day if I wanted to, but I can drink it during the week if I want to. So when I'm like sat working and I'm like, what's that? Is that is that rhubarb and custard? And then all I can hear is na 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 na. So that it's, was my, that, that was my any other business. It's their way of marketing it to drive the sales because you're like you sat there and you're like you say like six hours later right, and you're like, oh man, I really fancy another non-alcoholic rhubarb and custard beer. And you just go it's through weird. Your it's weird because yeah. the number of times I've found myself on the Tiny Rebel website not long after uh, not long after that. It's, Pavlovian, that's it. <laughs> There's some kind of. <laughs> I must place an order. <laughs> Oh no, I've got a moustache. Oh, I'm out, I'm out. I need to order multiple, multiple uh, rhubarb and custards. Anything else? No. Mr. Williams? No, the only thing I've got is... No, no, Cloud... Chief. Um, I've got uh, Cloudwater and the Vale Brewing Company from Richmond have done their annual Troubles... But this year, because it's Cloudwater's sixth birthday, they've gone double trouble. Um, so they've got trouble two and trouble three. Uh, one is a, a double IPA, one is a triple IPA. And I may or may not have ordered those today. They'll be thick, they'll be dank, they'll be high, high, high on the ABV. They are notoriously difficult to get hold of as well, from what I remember. So congratulations on getting that through the year. <laughs> Order. I spotted them on Instagram and I was like, right, yes, I order those right now. So, yeah, right then. Well, on that note, um, thank you, gents. Thank you all for watching the first episode event of Pursuit of Hoppiness. I hope you find your hoppiness at the bottom of a glass. Um, and uh, yeah, see you in a month's time. Remember, subscribe, like. Um, there might be kind of Twitter polls up on the Cookie Cast for breweries that you'd like us to talk about, uh, beers that you'd like us to discuss, etc., etc. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Chance. Thank you. So, there you go. What do you think to the brand new podcast? Any good? What do you think? Well, let us know which uh, which brewery we should be hitting up next. You can do that by dropping a comment on the YouTube video while you're clicking that cheeky little subscribe button. You can also subscribe to audio by going to uh, SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody jump over to thecookiecast.com. Check us out over there. There's social media links, email links, and uh, and you can get in touch with us. So that's it for a new podcast. And uh, for now, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.